Hello. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for listening. We are so glad you're here, and we appreciate each and every one of you guys. We hope that you guys can take something that that we say through this podcast and uh, apply it to your relationships and your friendships. We enjoy getting to have these conversations with you, and we're really glad you guys are here. Retweet. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about a very interesting and important topic It is the love languages, the concept of love languages. This is something that was kind of founded, if you will, by Dr. Gary Chapman. He wrote a book on it, and it's so interesting and so important for relationships, whether that's with a partner or family member or friend or whatever it is. It's such a cool and unique concept and topic and we're going to dive into that today we'll share what ours are with you guys as well and we're super excited yeah the basic premise of his concept of love languages is every human has an innate or a natural way that they receive love like the emotional form of being loved There's a way that is most meaningful to each person. Yes. So we're definitely not experts on this at all, but we've we've kind of I think your mom actually is the one who kind of introduced this to us. I know when I first came along, I think she had talked about the book and she taught me about it and everything. Um, Shout out to my mother. Shout out to Sherry. (laughs) Um. But no, it's just so interesting and it's helped me. It has helped me to understand people and why they do things the way they do. And, and, you know, it's, it's just this concept of love languages is just so interesting to me. I've found it very helpful in my relationships and yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Dr. Chapman basically breaks down the love languages into five categories that each person would fall into. And the categories are quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. The first one is quality time. And this one, I believe, is the most popular. And so basically what quality time is, is setting aside timing your day or your weekend or whatever that looks like for intentional time with that person uninterrupted intentional time so maybe not being on your phone or you plan to have a day together or even if it's an hour of we're going to have coffee together and really be intentional with each other and not be on our phones at all I feel like quality time can look kind of different for everyone but it's just that uninterrupted time together yeah I think it's important to note that not all time is quality time kind of like Kimber said it's kind of uninterrupted and undivided attention in your quality time it's time set aside in your schedules to specifically and intentionally make time for your partner yes it's like you could be in the same room with your partner but you're both doing different things like maybe I'm 
on TikTok and maybe you're checking emails or whatever it is, or you're watching a show and I'm on my phone or whatever that looks like. And that those moments are totally okay. And they're totally normal. But I think when one of the partner's love languages is quality time that you have to be really intentional, not just be present with each other physically, but also mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Sitting there and watching Jenny and Georgia or physical 100 is there our shows at the moment we just <laughs> yeah. finished? Um, you can sit there and mindlessly watch those. And that is a good time because you are together and you're doing the same thing and you kind of feel this sense of togetherness. But I wouldn't necess- necessarily say that's quality, Tom. Yeah, I mean, some people that they love that so much and maybe for them that is. Maybe that's like quality time is just us being able to watch tv or movies together and we don't have to talk and we're just with each other and like being present doing the same thing so you know maybe that that does work for some people but that i feel like it tends to to bode better if you will i don't know if i'm using that correctly but yeah b-o-d-e yeah bode okay Uh, i always hear bode well bode well if maybe the time is like just more intentional and has more of an effort behind it than just okay let's just like sit and watch tv or you know whatever and like i said i enjoy that we both enjoy that but um maybe more like intentionality with the quality time i guess yeah side note are you guys watching perfect match I hope not. We started that, and it's number one on Netflix right now, but I just, we can't connect with it. I don't feel like everything that, just because something's number one on Netflix doesn't mean it's actually good. I think it just, maybe there's hype around it for either a good or a bad reason, maybe. And maybe people do like it. I don't know. But I think we're just such, like, Love Island uh, fans, fans fan girls that this almost just feels like a kind of a cheaper knockoff version of it it, does and it's like they're mixing big brother with it yeah it's a weird vibe yeah it's not our it's not the vibe for us but i'm sorry if that's your favorite show right (laughs) now but it's not ours (laughs) the second category of love language is physical touch and this is described kind of as it's said (laughs) it's touching it's hugging it's kissing it's important to know that it's sexual and non-sexual probably non-sexual more so um which we've we had an episode on non-sexual touching so it's all of that kind of stuff even eye contact would mean a lot to this person and i think it's important to say that now that we have two that we've listed all of these would make someone feel loved but there is a primary love language like there is one that stands out that is most meaningful to uh, each individual person. Yes, definitely. And I think with physical touch, it's like it can just it can any any intentional, like you said, n- usually non-sexual physical touch, whether you're sitting beside each other and your hand, you intentionally put your hand on that person or you're coming together after being apart and you embrace in a hug or yeah. you're in a social setting and you hold hands with that person that can make them feel like safe and secure and things like that yeah those things are really good and they matter so much to this type of person yes the third one is words of affirmation so this person tends to feel loved when praise or gratitude um, and thankfulness is being spoken over or to that person so 
or even just like compliments. So if if they get dressed up and you say, wow, like you look really beautiful or you take the time to maybe send them a really long text message or letter that is just describing all of the things that you love about them or that you appreciate about them or maybe they just took out the trash and you were like thank you so much you acknowledge it and and verbalize that yeah I think it's important with this one too that on the other hand being aggressive or abusive or mean or negative with your words if you're affirming negative things with your words um, or negative qualities or you're using your words negatively that it will affect this type of person a lot more and a lot longer than it would maybe if this was lower on their list of love languages. Definitely. So if you got into an argument and you just use words to wound this type of person, it's going to cut a lot deeper than, you know, maybe someone who that wasn't their primary love language. Yeah. The fourth is acts of service. This is kind of, uh, I keep saying it's how it sounds, but it is, uh, he did good with the uh, names of the categories because it, it describes them perfectly. <laughs> um, but no, this is like someone helping out with chores or projects around the house. Um, it could be taking out the trash. It could be doing the dishes. It could be uh, doing something with the baby, whatever you do with babies, we're going to learn here <laughs> soon, but, uh, it could be changing the diaper or waking up in the middle of the night and feeding the baby a bottle or, or it's doing something that the other person is responsible for. Yes. And it, it goes a little bit, I think beyond doing something that, you know, you normally do like in a day to day. So if, if you kind of have different chores, I guess that, each partner is delegated to just on a normal basis it wouldn't necessarily be like taking that and be like well I do this all the time and it's like well yeah you kind of do that anyways but I think just giving more thought and energy and um, effort and time towards a task or whatever uh, that would be to help out that person or assist that person or do something special for that person maybe it's you took the time to bake them like a homemade cake rather than go and buy a cake or something like that. I think they appreciate the time and effort that you put into a special task, I guess. Do you think that would be acts of service or more like a gift or does it kind of just fuse? I think that's more of an act of service, maybe because it just takes, you're taking time. It's like a chore almost like, cause I, mom, I believe my mom's love language is acts of service and I baked her the cake for her birthday and it she's not a gift person at all. She always says like, I don't like gifts. Don't even get me gifts. Like couldn't care less about it. And it meant so much to her. She talked about it for weeks mm. because I think it's just taking, it was time and effort and energy. Now getting a gift, it's like, it's thoughtfulness. I think of like thinking about what that person, you know, likes or whatever. But I feel like an act of service takes, it takes time and energy and like, usually kind of physical effort in a sense yes. to do something, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Do you want to go ahead and tell us what a gift is? What gifts, if your love language, primary love language is gifts? Yes. So when someone's love language is gift, it's a, it's typically less about the materialistic side of it of, oh, I just like getting things. And it's more about the thoughtfulness. So maybe I had told Jordan that, 
man, like there's this robe that I've really been wanting and, you know, it keeps being out of stock or whatever. And then he, he heard, he heard that, or he heard something in passing that he paid attention to and then went and acted on that and got me the thing that I said, you know, I wanted. And so that's what makes it special is that they took the time to hear you and listen and then go act on that. Yes, that's good. I think as much as it's not materialistic or like the monetary value of something, it is very materialistic in the in the sense that thinking about getting your partner flowers is not actually getting your partner flowers. You know, if you show up to the house and say, I saw some flowers and I thought about getting them for you. It's like, like well, the thought's the thought that counts, right? <laughs> guys go to that one all the time. Right. It's like, I thought about it. Like, yeah. it's, it is the thought it's that like, counts. Cool. But I feel like for someone who is is gifts, is uh, you actually need to have the gift Follow as well. Follow through on it, But that's sure. not what matters. The material thing is not the the kind of value to them. It's the fact that you thought about them wherever you were. If you went out of town went on a vacation or a trip without your partner or, or without your friend or family and you come back with a gift, it's the the fact that you were away on your vacation and you spent the time or they came to your mind and you thought about them when you went into the souvenir store and, and the, they meant so much to you that you you took that time and, and got a gift and selected it and thought, oh, they love sweatshirts. Let me get them a sweatshirt that says Bora Bora. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so there are the five categories of love languages and like I said like everyone feels loved by all five if someone does any of these five to you you're going to feel a sense of love and care from this person but there is a primary one that each individual has it's interesting because there can be like a common misconception too I feel like with um, say, like you said, we fill all of them, but there is one primary one. And it's so important to figure that out because like, say, you know, maybe my love language is, um, like acts of service or something and you forgot to take out the trash. And so when I, I had asked you to take out the trash or maybe that's something you normally do and you didn't do it. So then that can make me feel, I'm like, well, he doesn't love me. He didn't take out the trash. Like I feel unloved by that. Oh, better yet. I love that. I want to, I want to add on to this example. Let's say I came home with flowers, but you asked me to take out the trash that morning and I didn't. Right. So you came home with flowers and, but you didn't take out the trash and I'm like, oh, that's nice. But like, I just still feel in love. Like I asked you to take out the trash, you know, and like, and whatever, and you didn't, well, that's because my love language was, act, and this is, maybe this is, like, this is a situation that can happen before love languages have been discussed, and, like, before you know each other, so you're, these, you're having these feelings, and you're not understanding why you're feeling this way, it's like, well, he did something nice, but he didn't do this one thing, why am I, why do I feel like this, and I think it's because when we don't love our partner with their love language, that can just take a toll on their feelings or emotions, even though you're doing something else or loving them with a different love language. It's so important to learn your partner's love language and, and strive to love them in that way. Yeah. I think that's why it's so important to 
figure out your own personal love language and then also figure out your partner so that you can have these conversations and discuss like what makes you feel loved and how can I love someone better. And I think the best way to kind of start with that is to just kind of like sit down with yourself and go, okay, what in my life, a lot of times, and it may say this in Gary's book, but I think it. Y'all are on first name basis. Yeah, me and Gary. <laughs> Why did that We're sound in, in, intimate? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sounded romantic. <laughs> me and Gary. Me and Gary. <laughs> Dr. Chapman. <laughs> um, but I think he maybe says, think back to your childhood and what did your mom like do to make you feel loved? Or I've heard this somewhere. It may not be in the book, but. They say, like, think back to, like, what did your mom do? Did she, was it when she gave you a gift for your birthday or a card? Or was it when she would say, I love you, like, I love you so much? Or, you know, or was it when she would hug you? Or what made you feel loved? And I think that's kind of what uh, a lot of times they tell you to revert back to that if you're kind of unsure. Yeah, think about someone you are for sure loves. You, You would say, this person probably loves me the most out of anybody on planet Earth. And then ask yourself, well, why do I know they love me? How do I know they love me? And then you would kind of start leaning towards your answers. A lot of people say, well, because they tell me. That doesn't necessarily mean that your primary is words because people love hearing I love you. People love hearing verbal confirmation and affirmations of their care and their love for you. You could have a different primary, though. Yes. No, I agree. I think it could be a good thing to like, even if you got a pen and paper and sat down and for instance, wrote one thing from each category that maybe your partner or whoever has done for you. So like for physical touch, like list, like he held my hand in public and like, you know, list each thing out and then like look at those and think which one had the most impact on you. Like which one was the most meaningful. And then on the other end of that, you could also look at it as if I don't get this specific love language like if I don't get physical touch or if I don't which one affects me the most like which one hurts me the most is it when he doesn't compliment me or thank me when I do something or is it when we're in public and he doesn't touch me or he doesn't hug me when he comes home or you know whatever that is or the other way you could work through that the same what you said but instead of thinking through the love languages first think through your pains first maybe think through like when have I felt the most unloved in our relationship when have has this person hurt me the most and then from there say it's when we had plans to go to dinner and they chose to play xbox sick or they chose to hang out with their friends <laughs> and so i think that could point you in the right direction that hurt me that stuck in my mind that stuck in my heart for the longest that affected me the the most deeply and so then that would point to in that specific situation that yours is probably quality time yes they also have um a test that you can take it's five love languages.com the number five lovelanguages.com and that could just be something like fun and 
like helpful for you and your partner to just maybe sit down one day and just do together and you get your results and then you can like talk through them and share with each other. Jordan and I have done it before, but we just did it again um, the other day. Yeah, I think it's good for someone to take the test first. Like you said, you could take the test to figure out your love language and then you could also then, let's say your partner may not be into the emotional love relationship type stuff, but you could kind of let them know like, hey, I did this. I've already done it. And I'm interested in to see what yours is. I think that's a way you could go about it if you don't do it together. I think doing it together is fun. You can talk through it. Yes. No, I agree. I mean, I feel like it's ideal to be in a relationship and hopefully, you know, everyone's in a relationship where both partners' goals is to love each other in the best way possible. And, you know, I think that's all that that's doing in learning each other's love languages is how can I love you the best way that I can. For sure. And just a forewarning, Kemper's a very emotional person. And so she lives in the emotional state. So it only took her five minutes <laughs> to take this test. Yeah, Jordan's like, did you even think through it? Why did I'm like, sir, I'm very self-aware. I, I was only think about my feelings and emotions all the time. This did not take me long. I was only halfway through it. And I think it's maybe 30 questions. And she, like, I see her put her phone down and or, like, screenshot her results. And I was like, you're already done? Like, did you think through every single thing? Because it 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 puts two, uh, it puts two scenarios against each other, and it asks which is most meaningful to you: if someone does this or if someone says this. And so they see which one is most meaningful to you, and then at the end, it gives you results. But I was just curious, like how Kimber got through it so fast. I think because it's something that your mom introduced to us when we were dating. So at least it was like 10 years ago or something like that. It's something I've always held on to. And I think, you know, deeply into with our relationship with my friends with, it's not a concept that doesn't come to my mind, you know, fairly often. Or if something makes me feel a certain way, I'll, I'll check in and go, okay, wait, why did that bother me so much? Or why did that make me feel that way? So I think in a sense, I just already had an idea, not an idea of what I was, but I just already, you know, I see questions and I go, oh yeah, I know this one's more meaningful to me just because it's something that I think through, maybe not on a daily basis, but often. You assess week to week or situation to situation what means what means a lot to you and and people's actions and the emotional state you're in you're always aware of that definitely it's, ex it's exhausting sometimes <laughs> yeah it was exhausting taking <laughs> the test pros and cons to, for sure <laughs> um a few tips if you're going to take the test um there's a button once you get to the website it says start here we did the romantic one and then you scroll down a little bit and it's the love language quiz um a couple of tips that that we thought were helpful was try to think of examples that have happened to you before, like it'll it'll put the two scenarios against each other and try to think back to somebody did this one time and it meant a lot to me and that another person did this, it didn't mean that much. Um, tip number two is try to imagine a friend doing both instead of your partner. If you are taking the romantic quiz, you could think through 
it's maybe hard for you to decipher like, well, my partner's done this so many times, whatever. Think through like if a friend did these one to you versus the other and which one be more meaningful. And then tip number three would be to flip it and imagine like if you didn't have either in your relationship, which would you choose to continue not having? So if you like neither one existed and you had to choose, okay, I want my partner to do this one and I'm never going to get this other one. That would also point you to which one's probably more meaningful to you. Yes, for sure. After we took ours, we kind of had that assessment. Or I think even when you were taking it, you were like trying to decide between two. And that's kind of the place you had to go to in your mind is, okay, if I didn't have one of these, which one would it have to be? But should we... Reveal our results? Yes. Okay. Uh, you guys need to guess out there. Kind of, <laughs> you've heard the five. It gives you percentiles. What's your top percent, your second, third, fourth, fifth? And so uh, let's see if you guys can guess which one Kemper is, her primary one, and which one my primary, maybe, and secondary one are. Right. How long do I give them to do that? Oh, no, they can pause podcast. Yeah, pause (laughs) podcast, go take the test or whatever, or write it down or text or DM us right now before you hear the results (laughs) of what you think it is. Okay, so I'll give the percentages for mine. Um, My number one is physical touch, and that was 37 percent. And then quality time at 27 percent, acts of service at 20 percent. Words of affirmation at 17% and receiving gifts at 0%. Ooh, <laughs> that lets me off the hook, though. No. I don't have to buy you gifts. No, 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 no. Yes. I, that's the thing is, like, I love gifts. Like, <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> they, don't, they don't make me feel loved. I, I guess I should. I can't say I love gifts. Gifts do not make me feel loved. It is fun to receive like a gift or a surprise or something that you they make wanted you feel or really liked. Just it not makes me loved. feel really excited and like really like happy if it was something I wanted. But a hundred percent, if that was the way, the only way you showed me love was getting gifts and none of the other thing. Oh yeah, no, it would not. It would not fulfill the the love needs there for sure. So number one, physical touch. Give give a little insight into that. So for me, that's, I I would say that's kind of always been my love language, even with my friends. Um, I think that that's transformed through the years. It's funny because I told Joe, I was like, I think my love language with my friends may be different than my love language with my partner. But then when I really thought about it, hugs like with my friends are really important to me. So it may not look the same as in I need to be touching them all the time or every moment I'm next to them. Like there has to be touching going on. But if I'm thinking about something that really is meaningful to me, like with my friends, like I do really like hugs. But for me and Joe, that's looked like non-sexual physical touch. And that's why we kind of did the episode on that because it was super interesting how important it is to, you know, um, separate those two things and to not let those things mesh together. Or Because physical touch is so meaningful to you it's very important to have a clear boundary and separation because if those two things like get intermingled it can just become like almost tainted for me and just like 
there's like this motive where you're the one I, this is supposed to be my like what I need to feel loved but it's like if you're giving me a massage and then like that leads to sex every time or something or you being sexual you know every time it's like wait this is supposed to be like my kind of moment where I'm receiving the love but it's ending at the end of the day with you receiving something and I think that's what's so important about the love languages is it's about your partner a hundred percent when you're doing something there can't be any expectation of what I'm going to get out of this or or any of that at all it's loving that person with their love language and the way that makes them feel loved without any reciprocation to that at all yeah this is actually very insightful to me as well in our relationship just because kind of why was the non-sexual touch such a big deal in our relationship and it's like this makes sense because that's how you feel loved kind of like you said it's like if every time I'm non-sexually touching you it leads to sex and it leads to me being getting something out of it then that would make that would lead to you feeling unloved yes and so yeah that's that's huge even right here right now just talking about it and that's why we encourage you guys to do this stuff it really does help kind of give some clarity on on things in your relationship yes for sure so when you say that do you mean like you've had the realization that someone maybe if their love language isn't physical touch that they would be okay maybe only being touched in a sexual way yes if like just this realization of there are probably women out there who physical touch is on their last spot and so if the only time they get physically touched is sex like it, it may not mean a lot to them like that may not bother them or that for may not sure. whatever and so that's that's what i'm saying is like this this epiphany is that a word yes did i use it right fact check no yeah no no, no <laughs> approved that's wait this epiphany continue well uh, i had this epiphany of uh the fact that that's why the non-sexual touch has to be separated for you so much because it's your number one. Right. So the epiphany. I think that's correct. <laughs> We're going to go with it anyway. Someone will let us know if it's not. Yeah. We'll spell it. <laughs> Me? <laughs> I don't know how to. A. Ooh. I'm going that E. That was already wrong? I don't know. I'm going E. Really? Yeah. Go. That I do just go for it. You can change to E. I feel like E. I should have, have given right. you that. So just you continue, no. and I want to go. <laughs> you want me to go first? No, I, I E <laughs> E P I P H A N Y. Yeah, that's what I'd I'd say that. I'm not sure if it's E or A, but let's don't look it up. Let's just <laughs> let them correct us. Okay. <laughs> Oh, and uh, then you want to you haven't shared yours. Do you want to share yours? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so from the test, mine are number one, quality time, number two, acts of service, number three, words of affirmation, four, physical touch. So they we kind of have an imbalance there. But you said your three and four were the same percent, right? Yes, so they tie for third. Oh, sorry. 37 quality time, 27 acts of service, 17 and 17 for words of affirmation and physical touch, and then 3% for receiving gifts. Our gifts are both last. And then quality time was my second. So I think that that's like a really big common ground that we have that we both really value, like quality time. Yes. I've always said that my number one is acts of service because 
I think technically it probably is. Well, not maybe not technically it is. You and I get so much quality time. Yes, like we do. Working we, together and being together all and, the time. And we would argue that that's not necessarily quality time, but we are able, when you have a surplus of time together, you find more ways and easier ways to make it quality. Definitely. No, when we will have been together all week, like working or whatever it is, and this is a conversation we we've had and you know, a while back that we kind of had to like navigate, but I remember we were together like all week or whatever. And then I was like, I really would like, you know, like Friday or Saturday, like to just have the whole day together, no work, no phones, no, like, you know, just in uninterrupted time. Like I just want that for the whole day. And I remember it was the sense of you were like, that's kind of why I said in the beginning, like quality time looks different for each person. I think like, one person can be fulfilled by an hour of quality time and then maybe someone else feels like they need like a whole day or something like that. But it's it's interesting that you say that because that was something we kind of had to navigate of, well, we were together all the time. Like we've been together all week. Like, what do you mean? Like we've been spending time together, but there is a difference in that intentional, not that we're together because it's literally just, our, our circumstances and our jobs is to be together all the time or being together because we're choosing to be together on this day intentionally and uninterrupted. Yes. And this is a really cool concept. I'm just thinking about as, as you're explaining it, but within the category, even of quality time, there's almost different levels to that where Kemper is an emotional being. And so I feel like to feel loved, it takes more quality time, but to fulfill her emotional level, whereas I don't have as deep of an emotional level as you do. And so kind of like you said, it only takes maybe an hour of quality time and I feel loved. If I get Kemper's undivided attention for one hour, I really feel like she cared. She took that hour. She gave me attention. It was she wasn't on her phone. She wasn't doing other things or whatever. And that mattered so much to me. And I feel loved. Whereas Kemper, she's a little bit more emotional. Like she knows an hour isn't that much of an ask, like, or that other things aren't as important. Like if we only spend an hour together and then you go play golf for three hours, like For sure. It's like it this got sense overpowered. Of, yes. If it's like, okay, hey, like in your mind, you had it blocked out of like, oh, yeah, I'll give her an hour of my attention. And then, like, I'm going to ask if, like, hey, you cool if I go, like, hang out with the guys or something? And it's like, oh, cool. Like, you were just kind of given that hour and then yeah. you were looking forward to, like, piecing out. Or... The, the, the one hour countdown. 60, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, like, to the, your point, I feel like it could be a difference in, like, guys and girls just because how we've talked about even dealing with, like, situations or things like guys are able to like be fulfilled or get over them or get past them like a lot quicker than girls are girls it like it's like we said like a river it like flows and it takes time and it takes like a lot of time to heal from something and so it's kind of maybe that same concept where you know for time it's like for a woman or you know maybe this isn't the case but for a girl to feel fully fulfilled or loved or whatever there's just more time required there for healing and for loving or whatever than maybe for a guy if that makes sense that does make sense you just all the emotions I feel like flow together and so it takes a lot more 
effort and intentionality and whatever to stabilize all of it. Whereas guys can compartmentalize, like we've said, you can shut your emotions off and move on way quicker. But maybe even this, though, maybe once girls feel loved, like completely loved and secure, maybe it takes a lot Less more. Time. No, it takes more time for you to 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 mess it up. Yeah. Whereas guys can get so heated and upset and like whatever, which I get that guys traditionally aren't as emotional and don't have as much, uh, like I guess, needs, complexities yeah, in, in the emotional space. But maybe just a girl does just take longer to process even getting mad at you or you offending her or whatever, which girls can traditionally seem to get offended at things. But maybe that's when they're not when they feel unloved. They already feel unloved and you do this one thing you forget to unload the dishwasher and all hell breaks loose for sure no that's a that's a big one there's a lot of there's a lot of uh stuff to talk about in that yeah no that's i say that's a big one i wasn't talking about the dishes i was talking about (laughs) just that's a whole nother point of like we've said like maybe we'll do an episode on like love banks and like yes i like that very interesting i was thinking about the old deposits yes you make a larger deposit into the love yes and then fighting can yeah make that worse or better so yeah well hey we'll uh what is it called we'll rain check put a pin in that oh a little saying yeah kimper actually loves sayings (laughs) what you love to say that i love sayings the one i kind of grew up with them my mom would be like say all kinds of yes it's a big (laughs) southern thing but the one that like was like what are you talking about is about not knowing someone from adam I was like, who the heck is I've Adam? I've never heard of him from Adam or, or something Th- like that. Couldn't tell him from Adam. Couldn't. Don't know him from Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know what they all mean, but I think that one's like Adam and Eve. Like Adam, like don't know him from Adam, like meaning like, I know that that, I think that's what, who Adam is now, how it actually ties in and makes sense i'm okay. not entirely sure so you, you you know who adam is and that's i know it. who adam, adam is in this situation so if i was like do you like uh you know paul smith and you would be like oh i don't i don't know him from adam <laughs> i don't think i've said that in years <laughs> let me just also put that, that out just there stuck in my mind it's like what the heck is she saying <laughs> i wanted to give an example and go back to your physical touch one mm-hmm Something in our relationship is that we've experienced and maybe you can relate or maybe you can't and we're just weird, but it matters a lot to Kemper when we are in public situations and public settings that I display my affection in those settings. This was uh, or has been a topic in our relationship because I grew up in a very non-PDA atmosphere. You don't express affection in public at all. Maybe a little like back pat or like a little maybe holding hands, but anything past holding hands, if you kiss in a public setting, like it is not okay. It shouldn't be done. You should keep it in private. Like, and so we've found that after going back and forth in conversation and discussion and and kind of working through love languages and just really diving deep into this topic, we've found that it matters most to her in public settings because it is a display of my love and you're you're not like scared to hide you're not needing to hide it or, or you're you're kind of proud to uh touch this person and affirm them through physical touch and like your mind it makes her feel safe 
when we're in public and and I express my love through touch. Yes, totally. And I think that's been something we've had to work through because on the opposite end of that for me, like there's almost nothing I won't I won't do in public with <laughs> with boundaries. <laughs> like for example, like I'm not scared to like love on each other in a sense. Like, no one's around. Now, I do keep in mind of, like, I have social cues, okay? We're not going to be hold sitting. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you? Shout out <laughs> to on. our college days. Hold on. <laughs> our college days. Do you remember this? You got most likely to young. touch your boyfriend's crotch in public. <laughs> I was you remember young. that? I was young. Shout out to our orientation <laughs> days. We were both on the orientation staff, and they hand out awards at the end of the year. And Kemper got most likely to touch her boyfriend's <laughs> crotch in public. It was some some deal you had where you would just like think nobody was looking. And, and I'd grab you. Reach over and. Uh, hey, yeah. it was new. It was hot. It was fresh. There was hormones going. And I'll remember that you just outed me like that. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. It's going to come back. What award? It was. Did I get? Uh, like the funny one, because it was like funny one and serious one. So I was just saying you could out me there. I got the most funny award, and no. it would be even. No, it wasn't. No, 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 just no, out, no, no, out no, no, my no. award. And no, we'll be I'm even. saying there was. They gave us a funny award and they gave us a serious award. Oh, like okay, that okay, was yeah, my yeah, funny yeah. one. Yes, I don't remember what your funny one was. I don't think. I was just saying we. You could get that out. No, no, even. no. Don't worry. Like I get to choose which it'll one you juice, out me. It'll be juicier than that. Oh, man. Um. Yeah. You were talking. Yeah. Yeah. So, you well, anyways. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Um. Since I have grown into adulthood, <laughs> I have social cues of what is and is not appropriate in public. She still touches my crotch <laughs> in public. <laughs> Is, is that another out or that can just be attached to the one? Uh, it's another one. So I'm tallying them up. Don't worry. So if we're sitting next to like some friends or something or a group of friends, I'm not trying to just sit here and like make out and tongue and just like they're just having to sit here and watch us do that. Like it's not that, but I have no issues with hugging on each other like we're at the fair with our friends or something like that and it's like we have a moment or where or some fireworks are going off somewhere we're with friends and we have a little romantic moment where we're just kind of hugging and looking in each other's eyes and we like share a kiss and like a cuddle and and different things like that I love that where like as Jordan said that is extreme for him so there's definitely had to be some like balances and he has like gotten so much better with that there will be moments where it, and it, it means so much to me when I'm not the one that has to initiate it so we'll be in public somewhere and he'll kind of like pat his leg like come sit on my lap or something and like that just means a lot to me because he's initiating like kind of like claiming me in a sense of like and just knowing that that's that makes me feel loved and it's interesting because physical touch moved up to like your third place I feel like because we've talked about I think because you know that it has been something that means so much to me that it has then in turn become something that means a lot to you now like it's it's not just oh I do this because you know she needs it and wants it it's like you almost have this need and want for it now because you know that that 
is what makes me feel so loved, if that makes sense. Yeah, when you love someone, and I truly believe you love this person, you want, like, your desires begin to lean towards what the other person desires because that's that's what that's the ultimate goal of love is to I want what's best for this person and that's what I feel like the deepest thing of love is is like I'm going to sacrifice my own desires and my own wishes to fulfill the desires and wishes of my partner and so when you truly love someone over time I really feel like it should kind of lean toward I look forward to that physical affection in public because it it kind of makes me f- not makes me feel loved it, it does a little bit but it's it's almost like it it sets the sets us on the same page it 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 gives me a sense of like we are good like our relationship is functioning properly if we're having these small physical touches in public. Yes, that makes sense. And I, I think too, like once you learn each other's love languages, you can learn to appreciate and find beauty when they do choose to love you in ways that even is their own love language. So for example, like acts of service was I think third or something on mine, but we've said that's like one or two for you. So it's like, when there are moments where and of course you still it's still so important to love your person with their love language but when you'll do something for me that is an act of service even though it's a little lower on my list it means a lot to me because I know that that is your love language so the fact that you're doing that for me I can appreciate that like he's giving love in a very it may not be what you'd consider intentional, I guess, because intentionality is maybe loving the person with their own love language, but it's like this natural flow of love because it's how you feel loved. So it's naturally how you're giving it. And you can learn to find beauty and appreciation in that as well. I feel like you can recognize that the effort is there. Yes. This person is putting in effort, but like you said, it's so important to make the person feel loved too, because like we said, there can be a ton of effort and so, and one partner still not feel loved. Definitely. And I feel like that's why it's very important, kind of in that order, to figure out your love language so you can understand yourself and you can relay that information to your partner. And then secondly, once you kind of understand your love language, then figure out the person you're trying to love's love language. Because naturally, we give love in the way we like to receive it. And so since I, let's just say I, my number one was, let's, I I say quality time, but I I more so relate to acts of service. Yeah. Let's say I am acts of service. That makes me feel the most loved. In my natural innate ways, I try, or I show and express my love to Kemper in acts of service. She does the dishes a lot. And so if I can ever help out and go in there and unload the dishwasher just just to prepare for her to load it or I load it as well, that just comes natural to me. I, I, that that makes me feel like I'm doing something for her. I'm, that's the most grand uh, expression of my love is doing things because that's how I feel loved. Whereas Kemper, it would mean more to her instead of me going and she appreciates that. Like she said, you kind of learn to appreciate when people show you love in their love language, but you do want to feel loved as well. 
And so it might would mean more to her if instead of unloading the dishwasher, I would go in there and stick my arm around her, sit beside her, give her a kiss on the cheek, you know? Yes. Another example that I can think of recently in uh, us dealing with the love languages is Kemper was able to use my love language, the acts of service, to give to me where acts of service was your what, number three or four? Three, I think, yeah. We had my niece's second birthday party and we planned to go, but then it kind of slipped my mind and I I was like, well, we don't have her gift. I don't know. And then it kind of slipped my mind. We were planning some other stuff and she took initiative to get the gift for my niece and go pick it up. And that was kind of on me. It's my responsibility. It's my niece. Yes, we share family and yes, it's that, but just kind of how our relationship works. She does the things for her family. I do the things for my family. But she took it upon herself to go get the gift for my niece and say, okay, we have your niece's birthday party tonight. Make sure we're, we get here on time so that we can leave and get to her party on time. And that just, it relieved me of a responsibility that made me feel loved because I no longer had to do that. Yes, totally. I feel like with acts of service, it takes... Not that any love language is more important or more convenient or easier, whatever you want to say, than the other. But it almost with the acts of service, you got to you got to think a little harder (laughs) because, you know, with physical touch, it's like you do have to think about touching them and think like, okay, I need to like being aware and thinking about it. And that's so important. But, you know, with acts of service, it's like, what can I do? Like what? what needs to be done or, or, and not just letting, I guess, situations like arise where it's like, oh, you know, I could, he said something so then I could do it. It's like, sometimes it takes a little more, a little more thought and effort in those cases, which in, in that situation, it was something where I knew she needed a gift and I was like, okay, I can go like run and do this, you know, for him or whatever it is, but. That's why I picked it for my number one though. Right. You wanted this some, something a little I want to make, make you it work. Tough on me. Make you have me to work. Ex- for my acts of service, it takes physical energy. <laughs> like it takes it takes you thinking about it and then it takes you doing it. It takes you expelling calories to make <laughs> this happen. And that's why it means so much to me. It's so me I'm I guess cuz I'm practical, it's like and logical. It's you like You know that that's the yes. one that takes the most time, effort and energy. And so it makes me feel loved. And a lot of times when you go to when you state that you're about to do something that's acts of service, like I'm about to massage your feet or uh, I'm a, uh, let me give you a back massage. I'm I decline. No, you have to like surprise you with it. It has to be something that like or even like br- I'll be you've kind of started letting me more, but I'll be like, hey, you do you want some breakfast or like, can I cook you breakfast? And you're like, no, like you won't let me. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to love you with your love language and you're not letting me. So it's like, I have to find things and not tell you about it and do it on my own. I know how much effort it takes and that's why it means so much to me. Yeah. I'll say, she says, you want me to cook you breakfast right now? And I'll say no. And then you go and do it and I eat it and say, thank you. Right. It's just, I don't want to tell someone yes I I would love for you to do this because that is like, for me, that that is what takes the most effort and it's the most meaningful. And it's important to note with all of these, though, even gifts and quality time and words of affirmation. Yes, a quick I love you text. That is a word of affirmation and your partner would feel loved. 
but that took two seconds. You say it every single day. It's not something new. Like with all of these love languages, it is the amount of time and energy and sometimes money and your physical uh, efforts. Like it's a combination of all of these that goes into the thinking and the doing and the saying and the gifting. Like it's not the actual end result. Like, Oh, she, let's just get her a gift. Let me go buy her. You something know? that was like quick. Yeah. Like it's not about doing something that's like super quick and easy and, and convenient. It's almost about. <laughs> what? You, you yeah, I'm over here waving myself. <laughs> I got like pants on. <laughs> I'm warm as well. You up, huh? I'm hot too. We're like hot boxing <laughs> in our room right now. Like we're sweating. <laughs> no, I agree. Like it's just a little airflow, please. <laughs> oh my God. I'm hoping for something. I'm like reaching over to get your breath. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not about doing the thing that's, like, the easiest and most convenient. And it's like, well, I, I touched your back the other day, like, or, you know, whatever. It's not about I've that. i said that before. No, you have. And that's... that's I touched a, your leg once. <laughs> that's where I'm pulling I'm, like, grasping for straws. Yeah. Like. <laughs> that's where I'm pulling it from. It's doing something that, in a sense, it, it stops becoming this way, I feel like, once you have learned it and really care about the person, but it's almost in a sense like quote unquote, putting yourself out to do something to make someone else feel loved, like something that's not easy and it's not convenient and it's not natural. And it doesn't just, you know, and I do think eventually it does become that way after you do it over time, but it's, it's just doing things for that person and, and maybe making yourself uncomfortable sometimes or, maybe spending a lot of time to to do it or whatever that may look like so and i really think again this ties into the key of having a successful long-term relationship is putting your efforts into making your partner's life easier and and more fulfilling for them even if that's at the expense of your own time and your own life and your own desires, you know? Yes, for sure. So as always, let us know if you guys have already done the love languages or if you're going to do them, if you've heard of this before, what your experience with it is. We are super curious to know. And this baby is sitting on my bladder and I'm about to pee on myself. So we got to wrap it up. Catch you next time, guys. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.